Now it's time for this. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. And I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair this week, Colin Cunningham. He's the Managing Director of Selnex Ireland. You're very welcome, Colin. How are you? Good, Bobby. Thanks very much for having me on. Now, it all started in Rathvilly, County Carlow, a place not many know, but I actually know reasonably well. Uh, your father was in, I think he was in the telecoms business, and you were fascinated at a very early age by mobile phones. Yeah, well, he was in the, he was in the fixed line, Bobby. He, he was putting the copper in the ground, and, and actually at the time, when I came out of college, he was actually going up the fibre. They were starting to put the fibre in the ground that time, and... Uh, he had the old 088 mobile in the car, the only one that was fixed to the car. With the big spiral That's sort of flex that, on it. Yeah, yeah. and it, 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 didn't, it didn't really work, to be honest. It only worked in certain spots, so you had to follow him around to find a spot where you could use it, you know. Right, so it was off to uh, uh, DCU, where you studied electronic engineering, uh, and I think your first job out of that was with ESAT Digifone, is that right? That's correct, yes. Now, before we leave DCU, uh, something that our listeners may not know about you. You were involved in student politics. I was. For my a sins. voice of reason, I take it. Yeah, no, I had. I have to say, if, if I look back on my career and everything I've done, it was the one thing that kind of is a bit left field. And um, my father would definitely agree with that as well. He wasn't too pleased. <laughs> but uh, but I, I do think it was it was something that... Um, I look back and it was it was a very good thing to do because it gave me a grounding in college. There was a lot of things in the university where, you know, students had problems with different things. It could be individual things like people came to you with problems and all of a sudden you realise that you were you were the only person there to, to try and help some people. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um I had to have a couple of protests as well along the way and you know that They're was, always fun. They were always fun and I, I think they were like the NAT, the USI Unit Students of Ireland would have, would have had you know certain agendas, and we we were obviously involved in that as well. But yeah, it was good fun. I would encourage any you know young people going to college to get involved in the union and get involved in the activities in college. Well, I know. suppose when you look at college now and what COVID nineteen has done to us, and you know people you know, living the college experience, it's a very different scene now. And it's yeah. things like that that get you involved and get you, you meet new people, you see new things. Like yeah. that's what college well, that, well, that's has it. got to be about. I, like I, I, I was in engineering, so it was unusual for an engineer to get involved in student politics because we had so many hours and lectures, you wouldn't really have the time, right? But I met, you know, a lot of my friends came from, like, that I have today still, like they came from the business, the finance, the journalism whatever and 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 they be, you know you became more aware of yeah. other parts of what was going on in the university so out of, out of dcu and into the real world uh uh esat digiphone exciting business at the time when you when you would have joined yeah i mean nobody knew anything about mobile telecoms let alone us i mean we were told we were we were brought in and told what the plan was and like only that i knew my dad had this thing in his car you know, I had some relationship with it, with with what the mobile phone meant, but obviously he's didn't work too many places, so I knew that we had a challenge. Um, and yeah, no, it was an exciting thing, and we were we were shown things back then, and you're going back to the late nineties, like we were shown videos of what the future was going to look like, and we even said no, that never happened, and and these were like videos of kids playing with tablets against each other that weren't even in the same room, we couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. 
you know, and now no, it's it just it's it's incredible. It's, uh, the technology, like you know, the change in technology has been absolutely astronomical. So after ESAT, then you uh, you were involved in a business called uh, Villicom. What did they do? Well, we set up. I, I suppose the the mobile technology was was exploding across the world and we were reading articles all the time about the fact that there wasn't going to be enough resources to support the network development and network design so we set up a, a consultancy business to basically supply services into the mobile operators and to be honest it was a very successful business we 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 probably set up at a very funny time because it 9-11 happened within a year of us starting the company and like then you had a the dot-com bubble burst and we got through it we, we, we probably got through it because we had started something and we we were all so young at the time that I suppose we didn't really have anything to lose we just kept going and and then we got a break we got a break in the UK where we we started doing um, in-building solutions so putting coverage into buildings in the UK like you know stadiums people were going into stadiums that times and and you couldn't use your phone yeah so we were putting we were actually installing the systems in the stadium that made the phones work inside in the stadiums, giving coverage. And then you were doing corporate buildings, hospitals, whatever. And and that, that became a big business. And and then we got another break then in Ireland where we took on the, the management of the OPW portfolio, which basically meant taking all the OPW state buildings, towers, and making them available to all the operators and trying to invest money in the infrastructure. And that's kind of where... I started to, to break away from the engineering piece and getting into more the infrastructure side. And um, it was it was very successful. I mean, we, we sold part of that business back in 2008 and uh, the engineering business is still running today. I mean, we, we, we you know, we had 100 employees um, at the turn of the century and, you know, that was built up from, from zero in, in 2000, you know. After that then, and I think that business, as you said, was successfully sold or part of it, you went to work with Quilta, is that right? And they had uh, infrastructure as well around telephone masts. Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny story because I was kind of at a loose end and this opportunity came up. Um, Quilta were looking for, you know, they were trying to develop an opportunity or develop their strategy for this business they had. And it was fascinating because when you went in, I was inside in Quilta, um and you were going back to the 1960s. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, they had they had sites on their land. So I was after coming from a mobile um, kind of growth explosion. And suddenly you're in this... Time warp. Time warp, where <laughs> the, the structures that were on their land were going back. They were facilitating, first of all, television. Then you had two-way radio mobile communications like the truckers had. And all these towers were there. But we, we, our job was to, was to consolidate all that. And then with all the mobile towers that were built... And we spent probably three and a half, four years pulling all that together and building that into a proper structure business. And then they decided to sell it. Um, and that's where, obviously, the next chapter came. Um, with, with, uh, with, with Signal, which became uh, Cellnex, isn't yeah, that right? So, so, so Signal was formed once the Quilter business was sold. Signal was formed. It was backed by an infrastructure fund. And... Um, I, I knew, because I'd been involved in, in, in the industry for 15 years, I knew that this was a moment where what we couldn't have done in 15 years was now possible because you had a fund structure behind this business and there was an opportunity to, to really you know deliver infrastructure in areas that hadn't been done in the previous 15 years. 
if we look at Ireland uh, now, and as somebody who's you know knows this this business, uh, particularly the infrastructure of it, intimately, how much of Ireland is not uh, has bad coverage or no coverage uh, for mobile phones? Let's just stay with mobile phones for the moment. Yeah, well, I, I think, in fairness, in the last five, six, seven years, there's been a lot done, and I mean a lot done, and I, I, I you know, I think. I would say that we're part, partly responsible for that because we started something um, five or six years ago where we started, you know, going into areas, looking at places where they, there had been issues before, and saying, "Oh, we'll we'll try something else." We we started to look at it a different way. In fairness, the mobile operators that we who are our customers, they hugely supported us in that process, and um, you know, I think what you're left with now is and and there's been a lot of activity in the last two or three years as well in terms of this whole area but what you're really left with now is pockets like really small areas around the country and you know, we've recently launched a get connected uh, program which is targeting rural areas and i suppose people maybe people in these areas don't don't realize that something can be done about it and and you know let's let's talk about maybe the elephant in the room because there are I suppose, objections to mass. No one wants a mast in their back garden. No one wants to live beside yep. a mast. Uh, I know you are of the view that there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but just one question for you. Why couldn't we make, in this day and age, with all the technology, why couldn't we make mass prettier? Like, why do they have to be so ugly? Well, we are we are actually doing that. Um, and it's, and it's, been a big, um, it's been a big part of our focus over the last four or five years. In fact... I'll tell you a really interesting story. We have a supply chain now in Ireland, in the Midlands, in fact, right? Because we've been pulling this together for the last probably four years now. We have an antenna manufacturing company based in Leash who are making a really slimline antenna solution. I've been following them for the last 10 years, been doing a lot of work in America and places around the world. And I kept saying to them, why aren't we doing that here? And then we, we, we sat in a room and we brought in another company who makes the, the steel, they're based down in Carlo. We put them together and then we have another company in, in Port Leash who started, we started an engagement with the council and we started making a slimline pole, which is literally a pole. And we, we put it on the side of the road and it caters for the mobile coverage in that area. So we now have developed a solution which has been developed here in Ireland and it can be deployed in any small little rural area and it's literally just a pole. But who, it's not probably in anybody's interest commercially to retrofit all those horrible masks that we see on top of hotels and that kind of stuff. That, in that fact, well, they're there, they're part of the infrastructure, they work. So really, why would you replace them? And I'm looking at this commercially now, but I think aesthetically, there's certainly an argument for it. Well, I think, I think you know, the unfortunate thing is that when you have them on hotels, the hotels are in very largely populated areas. And when you look around that area, there really isn't anywhere else that you can put the antenna, right? Because you know, you can't, you know, residential areas, you have roads and whatever, and the hotel then is a commercial building in an area like that. So it's very hard to you know, go back and retro something like that. Like we, we've got a planning application now granted up in Donegal, for example, with a fake tree. So we are doing things like that. We've, yeah. we've, we've just installed a fake tree down in the electric picnic venue, which is down in, in Straboli in, in Portly in Leash. So, like, we are doing, we are trying to do things like that. And just finally, could I ask you, Colin, is there, 
is there is technology now at a place that we'll actually need less masks to no. do the same to no. do the same job? No, quite the opposite. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I often tell the story like when we launched ESAT Digifone, when when ESAT Digifone launched back in 1996, we had 150 sites, right, to cover what we were trying to cover, and as the demand grows, it's all about it's not just about coverage. You see, it's about capacity as well. So each site has a limited amount of capacity that, that it can carry. So if you start to run out of capacity, then you need to put another site somewhere else to take the capacity away okay. from that site. So it's it's a growing demand all the time. But the key focus initially, though, is on coverage. So it's to make sure that the places that don't have it are getting something done to make sure that there's an improved you know coverage. And, I, you know, I think it's... We all have parents that, you know, that are, you know, they, they, they use the mobile phone now, they're communicating with their children, they're using Facebook. My mother uses Facebook more than I do, right? And I see her sitting at home beside the fire, right? Now, she didn't have coverage in her house. She can't do what she's doing today, which is keeping in contact with all her cousins yeah. and her family. And, like, you know, it, it's, it's okay. great to see that. Well, look, it's 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 a fascinating business, uh, and again, we could talk all day about it. I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, thanks again, Colin Cunningham, managing director of Salonex Ireland. Great to talk to you today. Thanks, Bobby. Down to business with Bobby Kerr, brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at eleven on News Talk.